Hello and welcome to the Record Rangers podcast. I'm Fraser Wilson and today I'm joined by Sunday Mail Scott McDermott to look at all the latest goings on at Ibrox. On the pod today, we discuss Sunday's old firm clash, of course, and as an even last chance saloon for Rangers. We look at Alfredo Morelos, Soy Morelos, as is the title of the new documentary that's just been released, and is the Colombian Scotland's Player of the Year. We also look at the latest comments coming out of Sandy Easdale, who's gone on the record to claim that Rangers are still years behind Celtic in terms of challenging for titles. Scott, hello. Thanks hello. very much for joining us again on the podcast. No problem. Now, before we get started, mate, I think it's only fair and right that we pay tribute to our <laughs> dearly departed Johnny McFarlane, our predecessor it's here. It's a sad, sad, sad day. Fraser. Johnny's run for the hills. What sad have you done day. to him? He's obviously got fed up with my, my patter on here, so he's uh, he's headed for pastures new, but I think he'll be sadly missed. He's, <laughs> you uh, sure that? He's Twitter following, I don't know what's hit him. That's what true. I mean? So, <laughs> sad day. I'm sure you'll be an able, an able deputy. Well, Fraser. standing in don't today, worry about mate. But, um, I think that Twitter following, it's not your patter they had a problem with, <laughs> mate. But, uh, aye, that's an argument for another day. Anyway, let's get into it. There's a, a huge game coming up on Sunday. Um... Let's get right down to nitty gritty. What a challenge facing Rangers here. If they were to win, what a result it would be. But would that make any difference? Is this last chance saloon? Is it even last chance saloon? Is the chance gone? I think the chance is gone, Fraser. No, I think other results have dictated that since Rangers have come back for the uh, for the winter break. Results have they been good enough? Drop silly points at home. Uh, obviously, the Scottish Cup defeat to Aberdeen was a, a major blow uh, in terms of silverware. And, I mean, it would be a a monumental capitulation for Celtic now if they weren't to go on and, and win the league, irrespective of what, what Rangers do at Parkhead on Sunday. Um, but that doesn't mean it's not a, a massive game for Rangers and, and Steven Gerrard because they... No, they beat Celtic last time round at Ibrooks. They were so disappointing in the first Old Firm game at Celtic Park, where obviously they were in the midst of a uh, a really kind of taxing European campaign at that time. I think they came off. I think it came off the back of a a trip to to Russia, um, and Rangers were so passive in that game, uh, so kind of defensively minded. They looked tired. Didn't get near Celtic. If it wasn't for Alan McGregor, it could have been three or four quite comfortably. So as much as you know, they got that victory at Ibrooks in the last game, Gerard and these players have to prove that they can go to Celtic Park and compete. You know, whether that's getting a point, getting a victory, whatever. At the very least, they need to go there and show again that, that they're a match for Celtic, but this time show it on, on their, their home patch. Yeah, but this, the contrast between those two games so far this season was stark. It was. Whereas Celtic dominated <coughs> in their home turf, likewise Rangers yeah. at Ibrox. So a lot could come down. I, I think that that defeat in September at Parkhead was the first time that Steven Gerrard had been questioned by yeah. Rangers fans. Got his tactics wrong, I think. I think even he admitted after the game. I think he went with a kind of narrow diamond in midfield, he if did. I remember correctly, and two up front. Yep, and and they and actually the goal they lost, as much as I'm saying they could have lost by three or four, the goal they they lost was preventable. I mean, obviously there was a bit of dispute about whether it was a foul and Ryan Jack in the build up. And Ovi Ajaria, if you remember, who was playing in that diamond that day, um <laughs> I mean, he, he, he kind of tracked Olivier and Sham so far and then just switched, switched off. I, I mean, remember it that just, clearly. 
It ju- just completely switched off by the time he got to the edge of the 18 yard box and by the time the, br- the ball broke to Sham Ejaria was, was nowhere. So they could, amazingly, they still could have got out of there that day with a, with a point. Yeah. Um, but they were nowhere near good enough. They didn't get close enough to Celtic. The game at Ibrox, you're right, the contrast was incredible. It was about pressing, it was about getting in people's faces high up the pitch, not letting Celtic play. Granted, that is more difficult to do uh, when you when you go away from home, but it can still be still be done. Stephen Gerrard's got to come up with a, a structure and a game plan to frustrate Celtic, but you no know, try and play Rangers' own game, and and I think that will be come Sunday, it will be soaking up a bit of pressure and then trying to hit them hit them on the break with, with, with pace. Um, I think if you look back, I know it's a different a different game, but. When Rangers went Easter Road recently, for the first hour of that game, uh, it ended up being a, a kind of nightmare night for Rangers, but for the first hour of that game, they played a terrific counter-attacking uh, style where you know, they kind of let Hubs come onto them and then bang, they were away on the break using the pace of Kent and Morelos and, and Candias and, and whoever. I think they'll try and adopt a similar kind of style, um, but Aside from all that, the, the very basic, the very fundamental of Rangers' game has to be to press Celtic and put them under pressure and get in their faces. They can't allow them to, to dictate the way they did that first game. Yeah, what goes without saying. Well, you mentioned Candace there as one of a front three, and um, I think that has proven to be Rangers' most successful front three so far this season. T- two points I want to put to you. Is that the three you would go with um, this weekend? And at the back... At the other end of the park, Nikola Kartic has come in for Joe Worrell in their last game. Yep. Looked slightly shaky against Kilmarnock, I would say. Do you think it's time for Joe Worrell to come back in with Goldson? It's going to be interesting, that phrase. I mean, in every big game this season, it certainly felt like in every big game, Stephen Gerrard's went with Worrell and Goldson as his, as his main two. And I think, I know he brought Kartic back in after a couple of ropey results, but I agree with you. I don't think Katic has looked like the player he was at the start of the season. No, in the, those European games where he was really impressive. Um, so I expect Warrell to come back in beside Goldson. Um, That's and, something, by the way. Sorry to butt in there. I remember being this not so super sub arm for Johnny in this show, speaking to you a few months ago, well, maybe the start of the season, and perhaps thinking Gerard's preference in defence is to have an entirely English speaking backline that can communicate clearly with each other and in the pressure of Celtic Park the, the pressure cooker that's going to be maybe that, that could be a that could be a factor I think I think that is a factor but I think ultimately it's just that he he really likes Joe Borrow he, he rates him no, we've spoken about this before how how desperate he was to get him in at the start of the, the start of the season on loan despite the fact Joe Borrow's made no uh, no, hasn't had the fact that he's he wants to go back to England in the summer. He wants to go back to Forest and try and try and stake a claim. I think Gerard just believes that Goldson and Katic are the two best centre backs that he's that he's got, and that's why, as you say, getting into that cauldron at Celtic Park, I think he want those two together. They've been together for most of the most of the season. They were together for the the last old firm one at Ibrox. So I expect. I expect him to go with those two at the back. Mm. Um, aside for that, I mean, look, Barisic is obviously out at left back, yeah. so you've got to imagine Andy Halliday will come in at left back, unless 
know, Gerald Springs a surprise with a, with a John Flanagan, for instance, that would be a surprise, who, who would eh? come in for the would come in for the cold. He's not played. He's not played in a lot of weeks. Um, so he's got a he's got a decision to make at left back and ahead of them. You're speaking about Candias. I, w- I would actually I would change it and uh, I would leave Candias out. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of Candias as I've said on here many times. I don't think I don't think he produces enough quality in the final third. I know he gives you real work rate mm-hmm. on the on the right hand side, uh, especially when when Tavernier's bombing up the no bombing up the flank on the outside him. Uh, so I, I get all that, but. <sighs> I think Rangers have lacked real quality in the, in the final third uh, in recent games. I think they've, you no, know, the decision making's been poor. You no know, attackers making the wrong wrong choice at the wrong time. And I think Candias is one who's who's guilty of that. Uh, I think he's, I think even his service for wide has dipped in in recent weeks as well. So I'd be tempted to change it up a bit on the right hand side. I would maybe go with like an Arfield or a Davis for instance, and I know that's maybe less attacking, but I think when you've got uh, Tavernier you know, flying up flying up the right wing, if he's going to be given licence to go from fullback, then it does no harm to, to have like an Arfield or a Davis uh, sitting there on the right-hand side. They can, they can fill in, they can go infield uh, to shore up the, the middle of the park. Um, so, I mean, I hadn't actually thought about what, what starting 11 I would go with, but off the top of my head... The back four, I suppose Halliday has to come in at left back. The midfield, I'd be tempted to bring Ross McCrory back in for height, physicality. At the expense of... Well, maybe... No, well, maybe at the expense of moving our field out wide. Uh No, and moving him onto the right. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you go with McCrory, Jack and and Camera in the the centre. And then you have Arfield right, Kent left with Morelos through the middle. I mean, I suppose if you're going to leave one of the wide men out like a Candias, you've got the option of a uh, of a Lafferty, for instance. I mean, the first game of the season at Celtic Park, Lafferty pretty much played on the left, yeah. um, and it didn't didn't quite work that day. But I think I think he'll want the likes of Lafferty and uh, Defoe coming off the coming off the bench if if required. So. I'd maybe go with an Arfield or David. I'd certainly start Arfield no matter what, yeah. no matter where you where you play him. Um, but I'd maybe try him wide just for something different. It shows it up a bit, and I think actually if Arfield is able to get into dangerous positions in the final third, I think he's more liable to make the right decision or pick the right pass than than Candias is. Okay, though um, that's a that's a controversial one then, I suppose. Uh, Arfield, I suppose, has the legs. Davis, I think the big suggestion is that he's struggling to get up to pace with the Scottish game. So, although uh, I believe it was a standout for Northern Ireland through yep. the week again, so it's it's pushing for a start, but I don't know if he's quite at the level yet to go into a, a, a pressure cooker like this. He is pushing. I mean, he played well uh, in Rangers' last game against Kilmarnock. It was probably his best his best game since since coming back. And you're right, he was getting rave reviews for Northern Ireland. Uh, during the week, um, no, we've spoken about it so many times. He's not the same. Play. He's not that box to box midfielder that that was that was at Ibrox no ten years ago. Yeah, his game's different now. He's more of a he's more of a sitting sit midfielder for me. That's why 
No, I made such a big point of I didn't think he was the guy, as much as he's a good player, I didn't think he was the guy that Rangers needed in January to open up defences because he doesn't get into those kind of areas anymore for me. Um, so, listen, he's an option. As I say, he played well. He's played well his last couple of games. Um, he's an option in the middle of the park. But I think Ryan Jack will play no matter what. I think Kamara... Um, for the impact he's had and his ability to keep the ball under pressure and that's exactly what you'll be at Celtic Park is under pressure on the ball I think he has to start as well uh, by all accounts I think he's played well for, for Finland last week as well um, on international duty so if they two start it's maybe McCrory or, or Davis no, and, and just because of the nature of the game no, for those fitness levels that you talk about, that physicality and a bit of height at set pieces, I would probably bring young young McCrory in, uh, and as I say, maybe shift shift our field out wide. Yeah, I'd like to see how McCrory deals with that situation yep. this weekend. I think he's had a, a very good season. He's come on leaps and bounds under Gerard, and he's yep. really starting to look like the complete old midfielder for yeah, me. It's interesting because he's no. I agree with you, but he's not played the last few Six, games. Six seven eight weeks. He's not played, aye. Yeah. So. <sighs> I mean, again, I've said this before. Gerard said after a, a game at Rugby Park that you no, know, he, he realised that that McCrory was you no know, suited certain certain types of games. So you would have thought, you no, know, that the Aberdeen Cup games would have suited him, but didn't get didn't get a look in. Yeah. When those went against Rangers, he thought the league game against Kilmarnock because he was certainly missed at Rugby Park the last time they played. But again, uh, didn't get didn't get a look in. So listen, I'm I'm saying I would I would throw him in. It would be a big call now for Stephen Gerrard to throw him in because he hasn't played in weeks, despite being away with the Scotland under twenty ones uh, last week when I think he was captain. Um, so it'd be a big call to throw him in. But no, Rangers haven't been in great form with with, with the with the tried and tested lineup, if you like. No, it hasn't really got them the results that they required. No results that have or dropped points that have really cost them in this this title race. So I think Gerard has to has to change it slightly, has to come up with something different going to Celtic Park. You know what it's going to be like. Celtic are going to be all over the top of you. No, they're going for this title. They know a victory you no know, puts it to bed once and for all. You're going to be under the you're going to be under the cost for certain spells in this game. And I think McCrory, because of the attributes he has no, I think he's a guy you would want. You would want in there. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. All right, moving forward then, and uh, a lot of talk about Alfredo Morelos as always this week. Yeah. Uh, in fact, Rangers have just released the eagerly anticipated "Soy Alfredo," which I believe translates to "I am Alfredo" in Spanish. I've not seen it yet. No, I caught the first ten minutes, but then I had to come down and record yep. this. But <laughs> it's uh, it's been a, it's a, another big week for him. Another two caps uh, yep. to to add to his tally for Colombia. Made his first start against South Korea. Lasted forty five minutes on Tuesday. Um, a lot of chat. Well, awards season coming up. That yep. um, is the outstanding candidate in the Scottish Premiership, and it's easy to see why many people say that. I, I would definitely think is I'd say is the most improved player this year out of uh, the candidates I've seen what's your take? I think he's definitely a contender I mean (laughs) I don't see how he could be out of anyone's kind of top top three for for player of the year when you consider the amount of goals he scored um, his age 
he's still very young. Uh, the improvement in him, as you've touched on, compared to last season when, you know, despite starting really that real kind of barren spell, and you wondered whether he was really going to, really going to cut it, you know, at that at that level for Rangers. But he's had an outstanding season. Granted, he hasn't scored against Celtic yet. Maybe the one criticism you could label at him, you know, has he really produced in in the big games? But no, we all know he's been suspended for a couple of big games, which is which is obviously an issue. Um, he had a terrific game at Petodre against Aberdeen, which was a big game where he scored two goals, but obviously then get get sent off late, later on. Um, but he's had a for him personally, I think he's had a phenomenal season in terms of his return. No goals and assists. I think it's 28, 29 goals. Twenty nine, twenty nine goals. Yeah. Uh, and there's still a wee bit of the campaign to go. So, listen. As much as Celtic might end up running away with the three trophies again, and I suppose it would be harsh on their squad if if one of their players didn't pick up you know, a Player of the Year award. But it's been that kind of season a bit strange no Celtic haven't been at their best we all know that there's no really been a standout for them where there has been in previous years McGregor's probably been the most consistent you would need to say I mean guys in the Celtic team have had spells James Forrest was frightening at the start of the season two, thought he was going to run away with it um, I mean you even look at somebody like, like Craig Gordon who you would have thought no, who was brilliant in the old firm game at Ibrox. He's not even getting a game. Hasn't kicked now. the ball since then. Yeah, right. so it's been that kind of strange season. Certainly Forrest, Scott Brown, Callum McGregor. These guys, no, we'd all kind of stake a, stake a claim. But when you talk about a real... And remember, it's an individual award we're talking about. It's not a, it's not a team award. I mean, going back, certainly looking at the... Like the Football Writers Award, we obviously have our own Player of the Year dinner. I mean, you no know, years gone by, you know, guys like Jim Duffy and Morris Malpass and people like that won it when their teams weren't winning the league. They just had an outstanding individual season, Good and I point. think yeah. I think you need to say that about about Morelos. Um, we know there's areas areas of his game he's got to work on. Discipline is certainly one of them in terms of reacting and getting himself into bother because there has been, whatever you think, there's been too many yellow and red cards which have cost Rangers at certain times this season. But for a young guy, no, I think he's tw- 21, 22 now, mm-hmm. from where he's come from to get that amount of goals to really improve his game, and I think he has improved his game, which Gerard has to take enormous credit for. I think he's... I think he's added things to his game that weren't there last season. And it's culminated in, as you say, getting uh, recognition for his country, um, which is no mean feat, by the way. When you look at that Columbia squad, there's a lot of good lot of good players in there. Um, and for a guy playing in Scotland to get, to get recognised, to get a start, um, it's great for Rangers and great for Morelos. I'd argue there's not another striker like him in, in the Scottish League. You Definitely, know, yeah. and I and I think I made this point a couple of weeks ago. The, the one that will be really interesting for me is the players' player of the year because I would imagine being a centre back in the Scottish Premiership, Morelos would just be an absolute nightmare to play against. And 
know, you might hate him and you might fight with him on the park and you know, get into scuffles with him. But in the cold light of day, I think any defender worth their salt would say this guy's a real handful, and as you say, like no other guy that I'm that I'm having to having to deal with, yeah. um, because he's not a big target man, and yet he's so physical and no, and, and loves a battle and loves no duels and no loves an aerial challenge, and so he's a, he's a nightmare to play against. Takes defenders into areas where they don't want to where they don't want to be. Um, that low centre of gravity, Scott, that you know it about. Has, it has, aye, <laughs> it has. Didn't it do me much good? Really, <laughs> don't uh, be so hard on yourself, <laughs> come on. Uh, no, you're right, he's, he is pretty unique. Uh, you don't get many guys, you don't get many guys his height who, who can play that lone striker role as well as that. Yeah. Uh, so, no, they're pretty rare. That's why... They're worth a lot of money. That's why Morelos will be worth a lot of money to, to Rangers, whether it be in the summer or, or next season or, or whatever. Um, but he certainly, no, and, and he suits the Scottish game. No, the, the attributes that he's got are ideal for for Scottish Scottish football. Yeah. If he if he could just rein in a wee bit the no that the kind of petulance that he's shown at times, uh, just kind of smooth over a couple of rough edges if you like then he would become probably even more rounded and, and an even better player for it you don't want him to lose that aggression and um no that kind of playing on the playing on the edge but as i said there's no getting away for the fact that some of those yellow and red cards whether you like it or no of course rangers none more so than the, the league cup semi-final obviously yeah. uh, against aberdeen which was a crucial game Morelos was missing because of a booking against Air United, another silly, silly challenge that he didn't need to, he didn't need to get involved in. So it's cost him at times. Mm-hmm. Um, but as Gerard has said, the flip side is how many games has he won them? How many points has he won them? How many cup ties has he, has he won them? These goals, you know yourself, goals are, are everything. Hardest part of the game. And you know, to do it 29 times, as I say, for a guy his age, no, when these awards are getting handed out, he will definitely be in the be in the top two or three, that's for sure. Should be. Uh, interesting point you make as well. It'll be very interesting to see where Scott McKenna's vote goes yep. at the end of the Aye, season. Exactly. As you say, if he's an honest big defender like it seems, Scott McKenna, he, I think he's had he so many scuffles. No, Cut Broadfoot, Ryan Portis. Aye. No, just to name a few that have got involved in real no individual battles with him. Um but as I say, I think if they guys are are honest enough, no, they will they will vote for him. Yeah. Uh, I think the I think the PFA award, I think what happens with them is that there is a kinda short list of, of four or five. Um so Morelos will have to be on that ah, list. Surely. If he's no then there's something seriously wrong. Um as I say the 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 sponsors, Ladbrooks, will have their own player of the year. I'm not sure how that's decided actually, whether it's media or uh, ex-players or coaches, I'm not sure, but they'll come up with one, and obviously the football writers one, and I know certainly we haven't voted yet, but Morelos will certainly been been my thinking when it comes down to the uh, player of the year vote. Yes. Okay, we need to move on and get this wrapped up soon, but before we do, Sandy's deal's chosen his moment to come out of the woodwork again, as uh, quoted um, today, um, claiming that Rangers are still years away for catching Celtic. I think 
generalised talking financially, but he does also mention the fact that the years away from catching them on the park, uh, one goes with the other, I suppose. Don't know why he's come out with this today, but is that a sentiment you go along with, Scott? Um, listen, I don't, I don't know why Sandy's deal came, has come out today, as you say, to uh, take him away with these these quotes. Listen, if it's what what he believes. Then, then fair enough. Uh, it does kind of have a kind of whiff of sour grapes about it a wee bit, just because obviously he was involved at the club previously, you no, know, under a, a kind of you no know, a bad regime at the time, kind of universally uh, kind of disliked, obviously by the Rangers support and guys wanted, uh, you no, know, wanted these deals out the club, so. That, no, you need. To, I think you need to take it with a wee, a wee pinch of salt. Um, however, I don't think he's in terms of financially. I don't think he's saying anything that even most Rangers fans would would disagree with. No, financially, when Rangers were out of top flight, Celtic were eff- effectively stockpiling cash, or they should have been stockpiling cash from Champions League money, winning trophies, winning leagues, the sale of big players when they didn't really need to. No spend big for for replacements because Rangers weren't there and there wasn't a great a great challenge to them for the for the title. So I don't think it's any it would be any surprise to anybody. No, that Celtic are years ahead financially. Rangers are currently no somehow trying to bridge that bridge that gap off the pitch. And Stephen Gerrard's helped with that this season. Uh, not just in terms of his profile coming in, but Obviously, the European run has brought in uh, has brought in cash. Rangers now have assets on the pitch as well. Morelos being the prime being the prime example. Um, no, you could say Rangers have have no have got an asset there, no between ten and twenty twenty million pounds that, that that they could cash in on at, at any time probably because there will be constant interest now as long as Morelos keeps keeps scoring the goals. So. As I say, I don't think it's any any secret that Rangers financially, it's going to take them a while to get back to get back on a on a level playing field, if you like. Um, and on the pitch, look at the league table; they're still they're still ten points behind. That that's all you need to know. That's what Stephen Gerrard's trying to close. Um, and we'll need to wait and see where they where they finish at the end of the season. But putting the two together, then just to wrap this up. If, if the financial gulf is still there, as, as we've touched on, and there's a 10-point gap in the table, how serious surgery do you think, how serious is the surgery Stephen Gerrard needs to carry out this summer? Um, what do you expect to see? No, no serious surgery, I don't think. Um, but he knows, he's said already that he needs, he needs a better standard of player in certain positions. He needs creative players in the final the final third. Uh, I expect changes in the summer. Obviously, loan guys will go back. Guys like Koulibaly, Warrow, Ryan Kent probably uh, now as well because it looks as if it will be too expensive to go and get him in a, in a permanent or even a second a second loan. So there will be changes, but I think at least now you know, Rangers fans and Steven Gerrard can look at the squad and think, well, you know what, right, we've got, you know, you've got Alan McGregor, uh, James uh, James uh, Tavernier, Connor Goldson, Ryan Jack, Scott Arfield. Uh, no, there's a real spine there now. Morelos, Jermaine Defoe's going to be there for another year. Lafferty's still there. 
no, there's a spine to that team now that's got a bit of quality running through it, which hasn't been the case for, for a good few years. Granted, there's still bits round about it that need that need fixed, but Gerard Gerard knows that he's he's well aware of that. So I don't think there'll be major surgery. I think there'll be a natural there'll be natural changes made in terms of loan guys going back. No doubt there'll be a few loans coming in because that's what Celtic and Rangers or teams in Scotland in general have to look at if they can try and get a few loans for down south. And in terms of spending money and transfer fees, the recruitment will need to be really on point if Rangers are going to go and challenge Celtic next season. I think they can if they get the recruitment right in the specific areas and they can sign real quality guys that are going to make a difference. And that will be down to, obviously, Mark Allen and the, the scouting team that's that's there at the moment. But no, I don't, I, I don't think major surgery. He it, will have to tinker with the squad um, and make it better to try and bridge that, bridge that gap. Yeah, brilliant, Scott. As always, thank you very much. Okay, that that's very much for the weeks and months ahead. But for now, it's all about Celtic. That's the one thing on Rangers and Stephen Gerrard's mind. And don't forget to keep up with all the latest build-up and the action from the big old firm clash on Sunday at dailyrecord.co.uk. We'll be back next week to talk all things Rangers, so don't forget to subscribe on Acast and iTunes to get the pod as soon as it's available. And you can also rate us on there too. Thank you very much for listening. Use your mind, use your mind